You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Show. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That is Taylor Vipolis. ask a question that everybody wants to know i'm in my bonus room it's about 52 degrees in my bonus room because for whatever reason it gets cold or hot in here where are you taylor and how hot is it i'm in miami it's uh about 75 degrees i think it's supposed to be colder tonight low of low of about 50 uh it's supposed to be a cold weekend but you know what they say when when the games are on the CW and it's a huge game, they bring out the big guns. That's why I'm here with you today. Absolutely. VIP joins Carolina 76-66 over Boston College up in Conte Forum. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt and CongruityHR.com front slash Tar Heels for your free assessment in your small business needs. Taylor, let's get right into it. Watching this game. The ACC has a lot of issues not caused by itself. But I feel like we've got to start right here just for this. They're setting back the league decades with games like this and how they're called. Just a ugly, ugly college basketball game. We'll talk plenty about what was good and how North Carolina grinded it out. But just your take on that. That was brutal, brutal watch. Yeah, I, I love watching college basketball around around the league. And it seems like this is a ACC-specific problem because – this this is a, just another tough game to watch. There there's no rhythm. The everything is just touch fouls, and both teams were in the in the bonus with like ten plus minutes left. Boston College was in the bonus with like thirteen thirty left in the in the second half. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's my biggest complaint that when when these games start to kind of spiral away from the referees they kind of double down trying to get control back of a game. And the the result is a, a choppy game, a game where neither team can really get into the flow of it. And the the end product is a very ugly game of basketball. But one if you're if you're a Carolina fan, one that you're happy that Carolina was able to get a win. 
Yeah, I think a key takeaway here for me, and shout out to the almost 300 people that are already in here. I think a key takeaway is, yes, there were 46 fouls called. Yes, playing in Conte Forum is a problem. It's it's a weird vibe up there. and you got to bring your own energy. But North Carolina continues to find a way to win. Baycott, Mike Jaminski made a point multiple times to talk about how Baycott was not involved. He ends up being involved late, gets 10 points and 9 rebounds. Harrison Ingram with 11 and 13. Um, your overall thoughts on the toughness of this Carolina team? Because I think we would both agree – I don't know if I'd use that word for this North Carolina team the past two years, except for that run in 22 there. Um, they've been flat-out tough, gritty, grinded-out basketball this year, and it's good to see from this bunch. Yeah, if you're a top-five team, a top-ten team in college basketball, you're not just going to be able to play your best game on a on a game-in, game-out basis. There's going to be times where you have to win ugly, and I think that this North Carolina team – as they've climbed the rankings, has proven that they can win ugly and that they can win with defense. It's it's one thing to everybody can win when you're shooting, you know, 60 percent, the threes are falling, your defense is good. But when you do have to grind out a game like this, this North Carolina team doesn't have any flinch. They don't have any back down. They win with defense. You you look at North Carolina's defense in ACC play, and that's kind of been a talking point where Teams have come in averaging more points per game, and then Carolina is able to win with defense. And you look at Ken Palm, Ken Palm has Carolina as a top five defense, and Florida State came in averaging over 80 points per game. Carolina held them to 70, Pitt 76.2, Carolina held them to 57, Clemson 82.2, Carolina held them to 55, NC State 77.7. 54 Carolina held them to Syracuse 76.9 Carolina held them to 67 Louisville 73.8 Carolina held them to 70 and then the latest trend Boston College comes in averaging 78 points per game and Carolina holds them to 66 points so I I think this this Carolina team is winning with defense and that's one of the best places that you could start because again it's something you can control that that effort level on defense even when you're when your shots not falling and and one of the best ways when your shots not falling to to control the outcome of the game is control what you can control and you can control your defensive effort and the other thing that i i love from this north carolina team and and the last defensive point that i had was no field goals the, the last three minutes for boston college i love the experience that this Carolina team has when they're closing out lineups. You look at the, that graphic where they showed everybody's age. I didn't realize Cormac Ryan was, was 25 years old, uh, admittedly, but it, it's players like him. It's players like Harrison Ingram, Armando Baycott, RJ Davis. You, you mix in a Jalen Withers or an Ellie Cadeau or it's Seth Trimble. And this team, they, they just don't have any back down. And, there's a lot of confidence when Boston College cuts it to four. Harrison Ingram makes a big play or Boston College cuts back into the lead, lead and, and Cormac Ryan hasn't really had a shot going outside of that like mid-range coming off those curls, but he's able to get to the free throw line. This North Carolina team has so much experience that that's why they're able to win games like this when, when they are ugly and they're winning with defense too. Yeah, you mentioned the defense. Boston College, 35% on the night, 19 of 55 
from the field, three of 17 from the three-point range. I want to ask you about that. Somebody asked about the free throws. Boston College hit 25 of 29. If they're not going to the line that much, this game is ugly and out of control um, early and often. Let's talk about that three-point defense, Vip. That, that is something – granted, there's a lot of shots that teams miss. Sometimes you just miss open looks. But I feel like Carolina has pressured the three-point line. Again, I mentioned this just a second ago – more so than we've seen in the past. What are you seeing that they're doing any differently there um, in, in this form? Is it the switching? Is it the not switching up top? I mean, how do you see that going? Because if you're going to hold a team to get upsets in this league, you got to hit threes if you're if you're a lesser team. And you got Boston College three for 17. That makes the chances of losing a game like this for North Carolina, if they can do that on a consistent basis, which they have, it prevents that upset from creeping in too much. What's the difference on the three-point line defense? Yeah, I think the switching is definitely helping because there there's less room for players to have to make up in the closeouts. But I do think North Carolina is doing a, a great job closing out on the three-point line. I think earlier in the season it was a problem when you have players like Jalen Withers flying out there and fouling three-point shooters. But as the season has gone on, this North Carolina team has done a, a great job defending the three-point line. And I think Boston College is a team where, especially with the way the refs were calling it, anytime Boston College wants to play inside out and, and play through play through the post and play through post. Um, and at, at some points in that game, it felt like anytime Boston College either settled for a three, whether it was in transition or or number 10, his his name's um, I, I don't have his name right now, but anytime Boston College was shooting a three, it felt like a win for this North Carolina defense, knowing how the game was being officiated and and knowing what Boston College really wants to do. Uh, but I but I do think you have to give North Carolina's defense a ton of credit for knowing knowing the game plan and then executing the defensive game plan. And this is this is like four or five straight games where Carolina's done really really since the Oklahoma game. This is been one of the strengths of this North Carolina defense, their three-point defense. Yeah, you mentioned Aligby. I think that's how you pronounce it. I thought that yeah. guy had some game there. He did hit one three. Um, but Zachary, one for six. Harris, one for 11, 0 for five from three-point range. Carolina put locks on their guards. Post was good, and I think Post is a solid player. He, of course, went from 19 and 10. Baycott struggled early let's talk a little bit about Amando Baycott specifically and we're talking with Taylor Vipolis here on the Inside Carolina postgame show uh, 429 folks I want to get to 600 on this we got to over a thousand after NC State let's get over 600 on Boston College so call your friends and tell them to join and if you're calling me now I'm on live on YouTube get on here and join it as well Baycott struggled early didn't look like he cared to be up there at Boston College for a while, and then he turned it on in the second half. What have you seen by him in his ability to to not be there early, but at least flip it, flip the switch in the second half? I think we talk about RJ. I still think this team needs Baycott to be the 15-10 and 10 guy every night to have success down the road. Yeah, the problem was – Boston College's defense was kind of disrupting Baycott. They they were doubling him every time. I thought he did make a lot of good passes out of the post. Now, sometimes Carolina didn't convert on those, but I think that's one aspect of Baycott's game where 
you compare him from from last year to this year has taken a, a pretty big step forward the that passing out of the post and and playing with with better vision and I think part of that is Elliot Cadeau I think Elliot Cadeau's passing has kind of become infectious to this team they're they're sharing the ball a lot more the ball's not getting stuck uh so I think and then the other part with Baycott is just staying out of foul trouble it once once he got two fouls uh, Hubert Davis was going to sit him the rest of the first half so he didn't pick up a, a cheap third foul. I think with him in the in the second half, he picks up the third foul pretty early. I, I think at the like 18, 17 minute mark. But then Hubert Davis had a a pretty good pulse on the game to to trust Baycott to stay out there. And I, I think a lot of the times in the second half, maybe maybe the double teams were coming in late. Or Carolina was able to find him on on the dump offs or or chances for him to to clean up some of the looks. But um, I, I think with with Baycott, it's the best ability is availability. So if, if he stays out of trouble or if he stays out of foul trouble, I think he he can be that fifteen and ten guy. The one good part for this North Carolina team is that they they have looked more comfortable when Baycott isn't in in isn't in the game and. He gets into foul trouble. There really hasn't been too much panic from this North Carolina team. And you're you're watching this that first half, and you essentially got zero from from all four bigs that played. And and that was some of the first times we've seen um Nkonku in non-garbage time minutes. And he's the only big that actually scored in that first half. So uh yeah, I, I think it was it was a weird first half with with all the fouls and and players not really being able to get in a rhythm. But if if Baycott's out there, and the, the one thing I think you do have to give Baycott a, a lot of credit, even when his offense hasn't been there because of the attention teams are having on him with, with him at the top of every scouting report, his post defense has also gotten a, a lot better. And I, I think that's something that kind of doesn't get the recognition it deserves. I agree with you there. He's got to he's got to stop the little tic tac fouls away from the basket, and once he does that, he stays on the court. Your point about the first half box score, I'm looking at it now, and I won't. I challenge folks in the chat. We're almost at 500. We still got a ways to go. When was the last time that a North Carolina big man or, or the bigs for North Carolina had two points? Baycott, 0 for 0 from the field in the first half. Zayden High in only two minutes, 0 for 0. Jalen Washington in four minutes. Oh for O. Okonkwu had the alley oop dunk. And how many there. fouls? How many <laughs> fouls from those four? How many fouls from them? Okay, so you got two, four, uh, seven, eight fouls. Eight fouls, yeah. no eight fouls and two points from Carolina's four big men in the first half, and they still led. And the reason they still led is because RJ Davis continues to be the man for this team. Taylor, uh, you know, he kept Carolina the ship steady in the first half, and then he played well in the second. This guy, it is fascinating to look at the way he has gotten better and better and better this year. We can talk about postseason accolades down the road, but RJ, this is RJ Davis's team. I know we talked about Baycott at the top of the scouting report. This is this just to me feels like RJ Davis's team to go as far as RJ can carry him. Yeah, he, and he really didn't even have the the best of, sh- of shooting nights for Carolina. But um, I, I think this is when you when you when you talk about an ACC Player of the Year, 
those guys find ways to impact games and, and the teams are going to trust you to go to you late. There was that play. Uh, if It felt like it was one of the plays that kind of sealed the victory. I know Carolina kept pushing it to like six or eight, uh, but there was a play where they ISO RJ Davis at the top. Armando Baycott comes for the screen. And I, I think, I don't remember if RJ used the screen. I'm pretty sure he rejected it. No help for Boston College in the middle. RJ blows by him for the layup and a Boston College timeout. Yeah, our RJ RJ is who RJ is. He's a, a three-level scorer. I think he is he's a very definition of like when you think of a bucket for a college basketball player or an NBA player, RJ Davis is a bucket because he could score at any level with a pretty good efficiency normally. I think his defense has, has also gotten a lot better. I think Boston College, the switching got Carolina in, in a lot of trouble with R.J. Davis getting switched on to some of their bigs, and they were trying to um, take advantage of R.J. Davis defensively. But his defense has gotten a lot better, and I think another reason why Carolina was able to win this game, when you when you talk about guys that can kind of steady the ship for North Carolina, I, I think Elliot Cadeau, he, he only scored eight points, but the the control and like the poise that Cadeau plays with from that point guard position where R.J. Davis can go into a more natural scoring type role. I, I think Cadeau is is how, how you kind of talk about Baycott being the key for this this Carolina team to be where they're at. I think Cadeau is just as much a, a key for this team to get to where they're at. And I, I think the biggest difference with where Cadeau is now and where he maybe was like two, three games ago is he's attacking the basket a lot more and being an offensive threat because if he's not going to – he, he hasn't shot the ball. I, I bet all four of his misses were either um, those those long twos and, and a step inside the, the three-point line when teams are just sagging off him. But if he can at least be that attacking guy, it puts so much pressure on defenses with his ability to dump it off. And I, I think the the play that encapsulates it the best was at the end of the first half where, where he does have that really great drive down to the basket and then finishes it off for, for the, um, the lob. Yeah, I think a couple points, and you, you're all over it on this one, so I want to build on that. RJ's ability to be the three-level scorer that you talk about, there's not too many three-level scorers anymore. Uh, I mean, everybody either wants to shoot a three or dunk it. And when he drives, a, a team has to play him throughout the entire drive. They can't just wait for him at the rim because he can pull up and it can make the little runner. You know, we talked about Ed Cota before. That little Cota floater, he's got that in his game, and it makes a difference. And he can pull up and shoot the jumper. And so it makes him that much more difficult to guard, even at six foot in the paint for Cadeau. And I want to talk about him a little bit more. The confidence level. You saw early in the season, I felt like, I mean, anybody that plays at the level he plays is going to be confident. But I thought he, he was struggling a little bit with the college game. Um, maybe the mental side of it. But to your point, the last few games here, his ability to change directions, change speeds, get to the rim, and then make passes, I think this team's really adapting to his ability to do that. Just sort of speak to what you've seen as far as not necessarily Cadeau's play, but other teams sort of figuring out what this guy wants to do and what he does. Um, we saw him thump on somebody last game but he also get the rim for his a layup. But he also has that passing ability that's just making him a true point guard and a threat 
needs to increase his free, uh, free throw shooting, of course. But how about other guys getting used to him finally? I think that's really what has expanded his impact in the, in yeah. the last two or three weeks. Yeah, I, I think you could tell the, the coaches had a, a big emphasis on Cadeau attacking the basket. There was that report that came out from, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Hubert Davis live, but it was uh, Marcus filling in for Hubert Davis where he kind of talked about the coaching staff sitting Cadeau down and being like, hey, Kobe White, you play a lot like Kobe White. When Kobe White attacks the basket, this is how much better our team got. And I think that that was the moment where it kind of clicked for him to be like, hey, if if teams take me as a threat offensively, it's going to open up the floor for a, a lot of other players on the dump offs, on the the kickouts to, to the three pointer. Like his vision is already there. Like that's that's one thing that you don't really have to worry about him. The game looks like it, it's playing at such a a slow speed for him with like. He, he makes some of those passes where you're like, I, I don't even know how he saw that potentially coming. And I think when, when you're playing with a player like Cadeau to get to your point, you always have to be expecting the ball to, to come to you because he does have that vision where it seems like he, he does have eyes in the back of his head. And the, the point I kind of made earlier in the podcast, I think that has become infectious to this team. I, I think everybody on this team passing has gotten significantly better and the the assist numbers aren't always there uh but you you look at somebody like rj davis with four assists you look at harrison ingram two assists i mentioned armando baycott's passing out of the post has gotten so much better everybody on this team has gotten so much better when it comes to sharing the ball hubert davis calls it 0.5 basketball where the ball is not getting stuck in anybody's hand and the the to close it back to a point about RJ Davis being that like three level scorer, I think you saw his unselfishness and the, the challenges he gets people in defensively where he gets a, a pick and roll with Baycott and Baycott pops to the, the free throw line and post was guarding Baycott. And, and he kind of sinks in because he's so worried about RJ getting by his, his primary defender and getting to the basket and RJ knows, hey, Baycott's right there at the free throw line. I'm just going to dump it off to him. It's an easy shot for Baycott. Carolina keeps building that lead. So I, I think between the defense, um, between the experience, the toughness, and then the unselfishness that this Carolina team plays with, those are all signs for for why this team has kind of gone from a good basketball team to a great basketball team. Yeah, and, and we're talking about Carolina beating Boston College 76-66. And we haven't even mentioned Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, uh, really. Jalen Withers continues to to really improve. It's like something clicked for him in the last couple weeks. I'm going to talk about the sponsors for a second. 524. Can we get 76 more in the next five minutes? But Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, if you're in North Carolina right now, it's cold. You can go by there and get some sweatshirts, some crew necks. Um, if they sold long underwear, I'd be buying them. It's cold in North Carolina, folks. We all can't be as fortunate as VIP to be in the heat of Miami, the cold of Miami in 70-degree weather. Um, so check out Johnny T-Shirt. If you can't get in person, go online, johnnytshirt.com. Also, Congruity HR. It's congruityhr.com slash Tar Heels for your free assessment for your smaller mid-sized business. Check them out. They're great sponsors. Congruity's name's right here on the on the board with us. 
And of course, Johnny T-shirts, always a friend. You get 10% off at Johnny T-shirt. If you're a premium subscriber, you know that. Final thoughts here as North Carolina improves to 7-0. and uh, Ugly, ugly basketball. And I contend the ACC is is hurting themselves, hurting the conference immensely with the quality of grown-ups they're putting on the court each week. Uh, but your thoughts here overall as North Carolina moves to the top of the ACC or stays at the top of the ACC with Wake Forest coming in on Monday night? Yeah, I, I think the the final takeaway would just be that this is a, a tough North Carolina team. This is an experienced North Carolina team. This is a team that has shown you they can win pretty. They can win ugly. They close out games shooting a great percentage at the free throw line, 14 of 15 in that second half for, for over 90%. When you have when you have a, a closeout lineup of Elliot Cadeau, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, RJ Davis, Armando Baycott, with players off the bench, Jalen Withers has gotten a lot better. Seth, Seth Trimble made some great plays late. And you could go offense for defense with, with some of those guys like Seth and, and like Jalen Withers. Like this North Carolina team is tough. And I think there's a, a lot of reasons why fans are are having more of that buy-in and, and more of that connection to this team where they're like, man, I, I love this team. Like they, they play hard, they play smart, they play together. And really that's, that's all you could ask for when it, when it comes to Carolina basketball. Not to mention that these guys do have a lot of talent, so it is something to be excited about. Even though this this was a an ugly win, like an ugly win, it, it's still a win. Rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. And North Carolina goes to seven zero. Wake Forest comes into town. Wake Forest got Monsanto back. Who, uh, if if you're on the Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards, that was a a portal dream there for a while. Uh, Monsanto can play. Wake Forest has got some guys. They come in. A quick turnaround for North Carolina. Coming back to North Carolina from the cold, chilly Boston to uh, Chapel Hill to face a Wake Forest team that's got some more pieces. We'll be there following it as well. Stay tuned to Taylor's stuff next week with Joel Berry. The Inside Carolina post game on Wake Forest. We'll have, uh, of course, on the beat, Adam and Jeremiah's beat work there. I mean, What's not to love with Inside Carolina, and especially, Taylor, let's be honest, it's so much more enjoyable to cover a team that's playing winning basketball, isn't it? Yeah, top five team. Again, all you can ask for. Yeah, all you can ask for, and all we can ask for, 550-so folks here watching the postgame here. Check out our sponsors. Stay safe, stay warm. Taylor's always a pleasure, my man. Great talking to you. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.